Welcome to the pod, everyone. A shout out to SGS. Hey, Rusty, why are we uh, partnering with SGS? Uh, uh, some, some, some good people there. Pretty excited about their sports coaching courses and sports courses. Keen to make them industry ready so when people leave, they're able to go and transfer it to any kind of industries, coaching, teaching, being an analyst, business, whatever it might be. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting times, really. So what's so special about their degree courses that others won't be doing? I think it'll be lots of uh, real good partnerships, uh, opportunities for people to, to get into different contexts and learn and practice. It'll be feel very applied. People will be stretched and supported and will leave you know, ready to just go and thrive in the uh, big old world out there. SGS College is the home of Bristol's higher education sports programmes. The programmes are designed to develop unique, innovative and creative sports practitioners ready for industry. Do you want to be a coach or teacher of the future? Start your journey here at SGS College and become more than just a graduate. Visit sgscol.ac.uk to apply now. Boom, I've pressed the button, mate. Okay, game on. Here we go. Richard Cheatham, live from Air Traffic Control. That's right. Winchester branch. Um, how's, uh, how's your day been? Great. Very good start today. Uh, just got off uh, a bike for half an hour. One of the students wanted to do some research. I said, you're happy to do that. He said, don't eat for 12 hours and put yourself in half an hour of pain. I said, is there an option B? He said, no. <laughs> I said, in that case, I better do it then. So, yeah. So I'm very hungry. So I'm sitting here with two bananas. The, uh, actually, I was speaking to someone last night. He's doing the 5-2 diet. So you do two days of starving and then five days of eating. And apparently it helped you. your body starts to repair itself. So I'm, I, I was going to start it today. I might start it tomorrow. <laughs> is, there a, is there a diet that's two days work, five days non-work? I'd like that diet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, 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 actually, he said it's not a diet. It's a way of life. <laughs> a bit like cycling for you yeah that's right have you was, was this person living in glastonbury in a commune that sounds very <laughs> much like where i grew up in uh, glastonbury they weren't not 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 at that moment uh anyway look i'm, I'm excited to chat just because um we've been promising to do this for a while and yeah. you left me in chiefly car park for one hour and 59 minutes because i had to leave before the two hours expired oh um, no that's two hours of your life you're never going to get back. And then we also said we're going to write a book together, Chiefly Services. And you've written yeah. a book, but it's not about Chiefly Services anymore. Well, no, because our book is still there. Um, the, the, the other book was um, was um, a different book. This is the, um, our book will be the difficult, difficult second book, you know. Um, I think I'm thinking it's more like uh, it'll be Empire Strikes Back, our book, which actually is pro- is, is my favourite Star Wars movie. Oh, is that the first one? Don't know. No. Always... It was the second one when I was born, but actually, though, anyway, we we digress. Can I can I ask some? Can I can I get straight down to business with some John Fletcher questions? Oh, is it about socks? It's not about sock wrestling, and you, know, right. I know you patented it, but I still think Alex Martin at Leicester Rugby Club, my yeah. person that's, that could claim it, but at TBC, uh, he said, um, who's influenced you? Um, who are the most inspiring people you've met? Well, I have to say, I'm talking to one of them. 
Oh, definitely. Man, he's he's sound, yeah, sorry. Yeah. He's just coming to land. Hang on a minute. I've got a, I've got a Cessna coming in. Um, uh, probably the people didn't realise that the influence had me, but definitely um, Nigel Redman. Um, yeah, he came to Basingstoke in um, 99 and came from Bath. He was one of my sort of heroes, being a Bath supporter. And just watching him learning about coaching, you know, his... He was, um, you know, he, he probably kind of mentored me in a way that he didn't realise. He kind of sort of dragged me um, and guided me through those. That he was definitely one of them. Um, and also, um, my daughter's uh, birthday party uh, organiser uh, last year, who managed thirty-six children at a Harry Potter party for two hours. He had them in the palm of his hand, and not one child was bored, disinterested, or stepped out of line. And wow. to have that ability to engage and excite groups throughout as well. He's definitely up there. So party organizer, Nigel Redman. And I would also have to say that uh, I've been really lucky that the students I teach are very much the people who inspire me because um, they give a lot back. Sometimes they don't realize it. They've taught me a great deal. So there you go. Give me an example. And I've met lots of your students. Um, like yeah uh bring them with you wherever you go which i love uh, well they, I they just you bring people from futsal as well yeah i mean nicole when she she met you in the summer she just you know she really gets it she gets the importance of the energetic person who's coaching people um and so that's more of a, her absolute appetite for life and then they'll come up with some 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 ideas so um, even on monday here's an example on monday okay so uh, I had a former student come in, from, he's in cricket now, and I said, right, um, come and join the class. I want this lad, Sam, I want to, he's going to give name badges out to all the students just to make sure he knows the names of the people in the group. Came back in like two minutes later, and he'd given everybody a name badge that was not their real name. Nice. Uh, and one of the students, so I was called the Don, that was my sticker, um, and somebody was called Happy to Be Here. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought... What I really liked about it was that he gave people names that fitted who they were, that they were comfortable with. And it was his observations of how they were in the group, you know? So, um, yeah, so it was, it was just lovely. So they kind of don't realize they're doing it sometimes, but I've laughed about happy to be here. And she loved the name. Actually, I think she kept a stick on all the way into town. She's changing her name today by deep pool. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that they, they just come back and they the, the things they do are always interesting. Lewis, who you met in the summer, yeah, uh, he's now backpacking. Yeah, he's back back in around New Zealand. Nice. Um, yeah, Lewis so, came and played touch rugby with us, didn't he? Was that Lewis? I don't think he knew that he was in the company of greatness. <laughs> you know, Phil de Glanville, and it's going. Oh no, Phil de Glanville. I don't know who he is. I think, yeah. oh, of course, you don't know. That's a good point, actually. There was some reasonable uh, um, pedigree in terms of rugby on that pitch. Oh, there was, that was just amazing, you know, and there's a bit of scrubland out the back. Uh, I think you put the ball down over the try line where you decided, so the older fellas decided the try line was sooner than most people because they ran out of gas. Yeah, and, uh, I just came back from Canada, and one of the things I said was, you know, wouldn't, we should factor in an hour each day where the coaches get to play touch rugby or whatever it is together because they would all love it. And actually that was, I mean, that was factored into the middle of a conference. It was a weird conference anyway, because it was, mm. it was in different locations, but 
just for people to connect and have chats and conversations and yeah, be vulnerable. I was definitely feeling vulnerable as I gave my third interception of the day. Um, <clears throat> yeah. you, caught, you caught the third interception or your, or your pass didn't get a hand. That was definitely passing interceptions. Definitely oh. passing interceptions. Um, so I think the best workshops are the ones where I get the coaches to do what they are trying to pass on to their players. And the further we are from that playing experience, I think we become a little bit desensitized what it's like. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the infamous balloon thing, which is I do not only socks, but I do balloons as well, which was actually, I'm, I'm going to take that one as copyright. Um, when you give a bunch of balloons to a, a, a group of coaches uh, and then even before you've told them what to do, someone's already blowing it up and letting out a farty noise. <laughs> and, you know, that, that for me, I, I celebrate it because already that, they're kind of putting themselves into the shoes of the participant. They've given them something, they give them a ball or something and they want to play with it. And that reconnection is, is for me is vital. That's why I agree with you. Get out there and play, be coached. Or... Yeah, it was uh, actually interesting last night, uh, Richard Berry, who's doing some really good stuff around young people and what's going on and mental health. And one of the things he spoke about was actually the, the, the kind of the, the myelination type process. So I'm, I'm just, uh, stealing this and claiming this as a fact I, I think you need to google it later is um is accelerated during play so it's four times you know the stuff going on in the brain is accelerated times four during play which would kind of make sense because actually lots of animals you know learn to survive through play yeah no matter yeah. boundaries are you you know you you're body starts to become pre- prepared for stuff that's scary and stuff that's less scary yeah i think uh and that's right. You know, you look at all those Attenborough programs and the Cubs or the young. You know, they are developing those skills through a playful environment for later. And I don't know if uh, he was saying last night about the denial of play. People who either have poor play experiences or are denied play in that bringing, there are you know there's sort of repercussions later. Um, so I think it's yeah. I, I think play is a very very important. I mean, we played on Tuesday. You know, obviously, you saw the video on Twitter from yeah, Tuesday. So it looked like you were just. I mean, I, I call it just dicking around. I mean, you were just, you were just dicking around again, weren't you? Um, they did say, "Can I? Have you got your session plan?" And I went. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said that that's a joke, right? Um, you know, we 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 sort of took. You know, I was very kindly invited by Will and Russ to go along, and I thought, well. You know, it was, it was snowing and raining and, uh, you know, they didn't have a match Saturday and um, we just played games. And the last one, the sock wrestling, which, yes, I'm not claiming it, but I think I've probably taken it to another level. That's what <laughs> I'd like to say. <laughs> uh, that says it all. I mean, it's not just the two players wrestling on the floor. One who's got his shirt ripped off, you know, freezing cold. It's the pile of bodies that jump on top of him because they're so excited that he won. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's... So that's... Will Greenwood, Russell Bolton, both at Maidstone. It's a cool club, isn't it? I think they're doing some yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah, really lovely. I mean, I have to say the players are really welcoming because, you know, you're very mindful of walking into an environment where you haven't almost validated yourself and you don't want to tread on the toes of, of how they how they coach or impose yourself. So you have to be very honest. So look, you know, we're just going to do an hour, see how we get on. And they stepped back and Will joined in and Russ, you know, sort of watched um, and helped... Uh, with one of the games at the end. Uh, and I did feel very comfortable about delivering that. They did make me feel 
very comfortable. You can tell that when you've got a group of grown adults, professional people, uh, trying to take each of the socks off. Yeah, ticking around, as I'm calling Ticking around, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's I thought... your, uh, your business card should be a double card. <laughs> I think, you know, in order to, you know, well, here I am, here's my, you know, my business card. It's a circle. It's different than everyone else's. That's a very, I'll tell you what, that is brilliant. I've already got an idea now. You see, this is the genius of getting two minds out of it. Is, is it a mat that you put a beer on and it just soaks up the beer? Is it a beer mat? Have you had the no, but, beer mat? Listen, this is the new Magic Academy cards. We made it right here. Whoever's listening to it, okay, whoever is listening to it, as now we have now got our own double cards, but you have to make your own. What images would be on it? And I'd always have a balloon, a sock, obviously, possibly a bicycle, um, a pirate's outfit, and not quite sure. Nice. There is a good question. So now we've got the Magic Academy double version. I'm, I'm all over it. Oh, class. And Wilco asked, so Wilco asked her, when are he and I going whitewater canoeing uh, in brackets at Waltham Abbey? By the way, I'm doing a podcast with Wilco tomorrow because I think there's a guy who's kind of, you know, just doing some cool stuff, getting out there, influencing coaches. So yeah. when are you going? And, and there's probably also Peter Walton would also probably want to rematch, I'm imagining. Okay, so a couple of things there. One is um, personal. So Wilco, you know... It, He's a genius. I mean, ever ever as somebody who makes you feel really positive about the work you do, he's definitely the man. And uh, you know, he's doing some cool stuff. He's a he he just taps into what you're doing. And I think it's June the sixth is the World Cup. So if you'd like to come along with me, uh, I will get him a ticket, and he can come with me. Um, and so there you go. I'll give him the dates. World Cup is being held up there, and he can come along with me. There you go. Well done. And he was also asking because you went to the future of coaching. So he was, yeah. just, he was curious about what was the kind of take home from that. Apart from Juan is pretty good at organising stuff. He's like, we're going to Malaysia and Singapore in a month or so. And he's definitely organising my life for me. Uh, well, I mean, are you going there as a result of that? I mean, that's pretty cool because I'm, I'm probably going to Basingstoke. So <laughs> yeah. that's a lot. What, are so, what are the best bits from the conference? What are the bits you thought? Best bits were the fact that um, you, you I suppose it's it's an outsider's view. Isn't it amazing that all those people took time out of their their busy schedules and travelled those distances to get become better coaches? Yeah. You know that that says a lot for me. I think you're here. You want to get better, and if you get better, people you coach get better. You don't. You know your ceiling gets a bit higher every time you learn something, and then the people you coach, their ceiling gets extended as well. Um, I lo- I love the section on parenting. You know, get, simple thing very first speech of uh, talk with John, you know, says, you know, you've got the coach's goals, the player goals, what are the parents' goals? Yeah. You know, I think it, it, it's the partnership, but sometimes we forget that partnership. Um, so I like that a lot. I liked just um, the interaction discussions we had on, on our table, those informal discussions you have. Um, so those are some of the things that I like. I mean, Stu is always this Duracell battery of energy, uh, a lot of deliberate practice, deliberate play, just really simplifying those things. Yeah, um, cool. I mean, I, I, and one of the questions actually <clears throat> someone asked me was, I think it's a valid question. So where does this fit in with performance? So wh- where do you see the connection between, because um, clearly some people would dissociate it from or say there's a, there's a 
there's this bit and this is development and what you're talking about is development. And then after that comes the serious business, comes performance, comes, you know, this tough coaching. Where do you sit with that? What are your mm. thoughts when I say that type of stuff? I mean, that was one of the questions that night, actually, is where performance. And I, you know, I'm very fortunate to have been at the, uh, let's just say, Basingstoke, where I started my coaching right through to, you know, the other level where is performance, where people are trying to pay their mortgage based upon whether they win or lose or keep their jobs. Um, so I, I, would, I, think, I think what changes, what changes how you coach is the consequences of, of your sessions. So I want, you to, I want you to come back next week. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to make friends. The consequences of my delivery are designed to do this. Um, development is, I'm a bit more skillful, that mastery element, that connection with the sport, connection with the coach. And then obviously once you have understood, I mean, I understand the concept of performance, but it's very much about what is it, where are you? What does it you want to achieve ultimately where you want to go? And I, I did, um, a presentation it isn't going off track by the way it's quite important i, I did a presentation on level four course up, up at hartbury how and the only way i thought uh, how many slides oh i didn't slide at all i managed to stay on my both feet actually I didn't slide it anyway we talk about the slide incident at some stage <laughs> a rogue pat very very poor form yeah sorry I, I did have a slide i think it might have had my name on it actually <laughs> i can't remember that was that it peaked then and went downhill. So I said, you did a presentation. And basically I said that I made every coach come out of the room, go back into the room and I held a party and it was a, it was a, just a drinks party. Okay. And I said, you can't introduce yourself to each other based upon your job title. You could only introduce yourself to the difference you make to the people you work with. So in other words, my answer would be, I'm, my answer would be to really ensure that people have a positive experience of sport and continue to uh, stay with that love of sport the rest of their life or with university to guide students through three years of their studies to get the best out of them and to ensure that they realize their full potential. So it made you think about what you did rather than your job title. And I think sometimes when people say performance, it's like we're the cool cats at the business end and you're just down there not always i think uh, we can't detach I, I don't think we can separate them really yeah I'm with but, you. Uh, it's a, it's a, i mean i think i know where you're coming from it's let's just say performance when i went to to slime canoe um they were overplaying they want to play what can we play that's performance but it's taking the elements of play that are really right the way through that coaching journey so they're, they're they're eyes open what can we learn from every aspect of coaching they didn't they never said to me yeah but we're performance we're not going to do that so yeah, i've noticed that in hockey as well that actually as you get higher up it's almost it's almost more playful so yeah it's kind yeah. of feels a bit weird uh, my wife has to come in the podcast I, I said them i said oh hello <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe your wife's coming when I've just tried to land a sock with camel on <laughs> runway two. <laughs> good, good knowledge of planes. Yeah, that's in it. Go on then. Ask you these, so, uh... Oh, hold on. Before I forget, um, this is a little to, to Walt. I'm happy to do a Sky Sports live, head-to-head, 
fastest over five meters, me and him. There'll only be one winner. Yeah, uh, try and cheat to make sure it, it's him. <laughs> and, we, and what we'll do is we'll get your cards and we'll add little constraints. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, happy to do that. Cause... I mean, that was quite, uh, I was just thinking a bit about that. And I, I hadn't, it wasn't something I was going to chat about, but when we did the level four together, actually setting ourselves and talking of challenges, that we're going to do two days without, uh, without a slide. Mm. Um, how did you feel about that? Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm doesn't doesn't unnerve me. And and I don't mean that to come across as uh, an arrogant. And I don't mean that to come across as that it, it, you should never do it. Please don't think that. I was very lucky um, a long time ago. Dusty probably won't remember Dusty Miller. Um, you know, very good friend of mine and really good sort of. He would be one of my kind of mentors. I think. Well, he would be. Not think he would be. Uh, got to deliver a level three on level three at Oxford and the rugby club turned up with my, with my computer and my slides and, uh, no, nowhere to plug it in, no screen, nothing. And so I did post-it notes. Um, I played a little hide and seek, not hide and seek, I did a little treasure thing, put stickers around the, you know, underneath the bar on the floor and, you know, numerous occasions, a fundamentals workshop I did in a, in a, uh, uh, children's um, nursery um, that was the only venue they could get um, obviously it wasn't busy all, it was an evening one I've learned that experiential learning learning by doing an adaptable coach means that everything has a place but at some point if you're not prepared for that uh, unpredictable nature because coaching is also about improvisation which I really believe Tuesday I improvised I was intuitive going on the cues that are coming back to me I, I have learned to be confident to do a workshop without having a reference point. Nice. And where do you think coaching is going? So where, where do you think it's going? So in five, 10 years, clearly there's been a, I feel like there's a, there's lots of people getting excited about better understanding coaching mm. and why and how and, 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 and what as well. Where do you think it's going? And, you know, <laughs> When we look back in, you know, from five years' time, what what will we say? What what do you think will be the the things that have happened? Well, I think it isn't it interesting when uh, if you go back to the seventies, and I grew up near Glastonbury, so uh, I have that wonderful gift of being sort of in there, seeing various different uh, alternative, you know, sort of music and so on. Is in the seventies, people looked at uh, vegetarians as some kind of uh, bunch of weirdos, um, and now we've got. Uh, Vegan January, is that right? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, Veganuary or something. Veganuary, there you go. Okay, so I think the thing about coaching is that the people with the groundbreaking ones, people trying to make a difference um, in the early years were regarded as like mavericks and a bit, bit odd. Uh, and what I think from the lovely things that you see on Twitter and the conversations we have and the people I meet and getting people to draw pictures on their head, run around being butterflies, all these stories I've got blowing up balloons and letting out sort of farty noises, is that we're kind of normalizing you know, coaches are be the, the things that we we want to try and put across with absolutely the right rationale. These aren't made up. These have a deeply rooted rationale behind them. And must must emphasise that um, is that you're kind of normalising what we what people may have said was groundbreaking. So there's lovely conversations with parents. There's lovely things about uh, uh, empowering players. The lovely things about play. The lovely social network we get where people show really good things and then equally when there's something which is let's just say a hundred nil rugby score um where people think 
now maybe five years ago we would have gone wow it's amazing and now we're going hang a minute what's the experience of both of those players like uh, and I think coaching is going to a wonderful has a wonderful opportunity to to embrace things that in the past maybe people have been reluctant to and get and getting results yeah no it's, it's true I mean the, <clears throat> they're not the but the people just saying actually yeah this isn't how how it works now in sport around the around the hundred points to nearly type stuff is uh, yeah is pretty powerful I'm enjoying that I mean what are your what do you th- what do you th- I mean if you could um, say look here's one or two things that would make a huge difference in in junior in in young players and their development what are the, what are the things you're thinking about one or two things nail you down okay two things then uh, one of the things I uh, know the two things not particular order so one thing one thing is the a greater understanding of how we learn yeah so i'm doing saturday you know if, if we understand a lot more about how we learn i've got these parameters not these parameters these elements these sort of pillars you know of how we learn um from building relationships to stretching people um to, to making things relatable that's encompassed in the learning you know relate to your your group and make sure they relate to what you're trying to achieve so understanding and learning and the second thing is have a real understanding of that emotional experience. You know, we, we are naturally inclined to things that make us happy and excited. And we naturally move away from things that give us the opposite. So I would say, you know, make your coaching session like a James Bond film, like a Harry Potter movie. Oh, I can't wait for the next installment. Um, because, uh, and actually one of the coaches I recently worked with, just, he just said, said what? You get one childhood. That was at the, uh, the event organised by Juan. That was it. it was um, Chris actually? Uh, Chris from from the states came over and said, "You get one childhood, make it a positive, memorable experience." So there you go. Uh, mm. Understand more about learning and really have an understanding of that emotional experience that you're providing people with. Yeah, I've seen some cool stuff. I, I think you might have seen actually, but yesterday someone was asking around around Twitter around connecting stories up in training. Clearly, people are doing some good stuff around gamification. Mm. same as I mean the performance end you know the wolf pack at Saracens there's a reason they collectively defend together they're all you know connected by this story and you know bringing in a wolf into a meeting might uh, make that meeting a little bit more uh, memorable and emotional and connect mm. people up uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's something we do better I often ask it you know put your hand up if you used to be a child and actually <laughs> start, do exactly what you did and then just laugh because they remember yeah. And we've often forgotten what it's like. I think yeah. the learning thing's critical where, you know, in education and in coaching, it's like we're keeping a big secret. So one of the things interesting when I was teaching that I did was just explain to the kids a bit about, you know, explore a bit around learning, explore a bit, a little bit around that lesson design. So how it's done and then maybe give them an insight into questioning. So, you know, if a teacher's asking you a responsive question, they may think you're the kid that needs more support type stuff and give away a few of the secrets um i I know we were chatting about questioning earlier actually but that was you you would you stole my number one question as well sorry it's really simple isn't it what did you notice yeah i mean it it allows people to to look to reflect upon that experience through their own lens the thing that has kind of stood out for them more than rather than you saying i mean it doesn't mean you don't guide at some point but it, it allows you to things to come back go wow 
I didn't see that. I mean, I did a, um, something with this little image I've done. I've, I'm sure you've seen it. And uh, it's uh, it, the picture. And, and, and somebody said to me, uh, so I said, what do you notice? And they said, um, and some of may may have seen this in a presentation I did. There's a picture of, of a lady sat at a table with a security tag on the back of a dress. And I'm getting people to scan, look at pictures. And it's the first person to see that. And I said, uh, what did you know? It's from my students said uh, she sat on her own. Maybe she uh, would like somebody to go and talk to her, <laughs> you know, or um, how do you know it's a lady? Cause it's just the back view and it's a flowery dress, <laughs> a flowery shirt, you know? And uh, I thought, well, there you go. There's assumption. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'm, and they're seeing things differently. That's why like that. what did you notice? And, um, but I think one of the things that, you know, you uh, and Fletcher have definitely taught, taught me is this one thing I have, must admit, I don't mean to have stolen to it, but I think it, I celebrate it was teaching juggling to the physio students. And I said, how are you getting on? And well, she said, to be honest, I'm not out of 10. I said, okay, so what's going to get you to one? And just that, that change in her engagement was really noticeable because she stopped then measuring herself against the cool cats who are doing three balls. Yeah. She suddenly thought there was something that was attainable for her. Yeah, I mean, um, I would want every kid to have an element of success in every session. Yeah, exactly. Quite possibly a, a small challenge or goal they set themselves or me and you set between us. So between me and you, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get four interceptions or whatever it might be. Mm. And then because I want them to, <clears throat> to leave my session and, 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 and feel good about the experience they've had, feel like they've learned and go and tell other people about it. Go and tell... You know, I don't want their parents to tell other parents. And that's the, I think that's the challenge of a lot of sports. I mean, just come back from Canada and Germany where rugby isn't as high up on the sporting agenda. And it's often, you know, the fifth, sixth choice sport. And imagine like if you took your kid to, to rugby and they just found their home and they, mm. they like-minded people and kids that wanted to support them. And they, they started to make progress and feel good about it. And I mean, that, that, that changes lives. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it does. Yeah, and there's a bit of technical tactical there as well. Um, I like that. I mean, I love your. You know, don't introduce yourself as your job title because my my experience in in, in sport would suggest that lots of people do, and it creates hierarchy and it prevents mm. creativity and probably some important conversations. You know, I uh, I think that's really important. Really important. I, I I got that from a TED talk, and it was just five five questions to change your life and. I kind of adapted it a bit like the socks. Maybe I stole it and just made it better. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a bit arrogant. Sorry. Uh, just modified it to how I wanted it to work with me. And I, and I thought actually that's a really lovely thing that you do. And it just reflects, look, status is, is a, you know, or, or your position, you know, you validate who you are by what you do to other people. And, uh, you know, I went to a presentation. Yeah, I, I keep this quiet actually. I know it doesn't go out to many people, but I went to a presentation at a conference. It's only, years. it's only Walt will be listening to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was about, I don't know, it was 10 years ago. I just think from the conference, the owning speaker was a professor. And after, tw- after 10 minutes, I was falling into tedium. And 20 minutes, I went to the bathroom. I couldn't cope anymore. In 25 minutes, I left and never went back to the rest of the conference. I ran around the streets of Glasgow. I was training for a marathon. I went running and didn't get back to it. I thought, that's, you know, and the opening bit was, I'm this and I'm that and blah, blah. But to me, it wasn't anything. It hadn't reached me. Yeah. And, and you validate 
your coaching by what you make the people feel when you finished, what they've learned. Um, so don't introduce yourself as what you are because people remember what you are to them. Yeah, we just had a, an email from a hockey coach uh, of my son and uh, it, was, it was sent to all the parents in the first paragraph just explained all the Olympians he'd coached. And uh, I felt it was a little bit unnecessary. I could yeah. tell three lines in, there was going to be a telling off a little bit later down. And it right. was around engagement of kids. And I wondered if you might have looked in the mirror. Um, th this is something actually that I think will incorporate some of that. So this is a question from Wayne Jeremiah. It was, have you ever been able to help a 9, 10, 11, 12 year old who isn't up for tackling to tackle or is that or is it always a waiting game so what are some of the ways you've um you've achieved that or how people achieve that yeah uh this is only my way i'm not saying this is the the way i have to say that so these are just some observations um from my experience is that when you move into tackling there's a is it almost you have to be careful not to say and next season and next week we're doing tackling because then there's a perception that you have to start running at people rather than avoiding people. And there's a, you know, you need not to build it up as it going from non-contact into contact. And then suddenly people look at one another differently because the size becomes a lot more obvious that wasn't there before. Yeah. Uh, and so um, what I'd say is what's worked is to gradually prepare, gradually expose people what tackling is like from it, week one, you know, of the new season when we can now tackle it is not to go into it 100% because people need that um, physical preparation. They need the confidence. So one of the things that, you know, I was taught this on a course is we, we basically play a game of, um, of what you call bulldog or tag, but people could only be crocodiles. So there'd be two crocodiles in the middle and the people would be going to try and go across the swamp. So everybody's on there all fours. And when you get, so immediately the height of players isn't visible. You know, the little kid and the big kid, it disappears because we're all, we don't get that height perception when we're, when we're sort of, you know, uh, in that prone position. And then as somebody tries to evade you, you as a crocodile reaches across and grabs them around the waist and puts them, you know, does the, the proper tackling. So it's safe because you aren't falling from a great height. gives that a bit of body conditioning. And so it's a gradual exposure to what tackling it, is like and people do anything when they have confidence from something they've done before so i would say i'm always thinking that well what's the limiting factor you've referenced physical so it might be physical so mm. in which case we might go look you know your try line's three yards away from me richard and mine's here and so you know there's never any momentum or it mm. might be that we go you know we make a tackle we go down we two crocodiles go down they get up and then we make a tackle mm. uh, as you said it could be confidence and then i'm thinking so you know maybe maybe using the other players to help support them with that as well often your peers can be pretty you know influential in that area um absolutely you know it, it's it's breaking down the things you know uh, that will, will help them and i i've done quite a lot of work on fundamental movement skills I've got a lovely little video to show on Saturday about a, a young lad who's eight years old doing a 360 on his on his BMX. And I showed it to a coach, and the first thing he said is, "Wow, what great fundamental skills, movement skills he's got. He's at a good good base." 
And I thought, I hadn't seen it like that, you see. I'd seen resilience and so on and so forth. So I think if you get the gorillas and the posture and the stance and the footwork and the rolling, all those conditioning exercises, you know, they will, they are the, they are the kind of building blocks of the tackle and uh, going to ground and getting back up and the conditioning part of it. So can you knit those into your early sessions? Um, again, don't deliver this. Now it's tackling in this kind of fanfare yeah. because that could be the, you know, I think that's, how he delivered it is is important but you could say okay we've got now got different conditions for the game this time uh we're going to add a few things the game will change slightly let's just let's prepare this in a in a in this way and then you just gradually expose people to it yeah i coach a lot of kids and they're desperate for contact and i'm probably pretty um strong around until they're getting themselves you know so a one-handed touch or a a reaching two-handed touch just means you don't have good enough control of your body to be able to tackle. So mm. actually playing games where you can rip or hold up or scrag or starting to, to, so that they're the norm will actually help people better understand where can I put this attacker? Uh, you know, how can I manipulate him? And also how can I move my own body to, to essentially, you know, get in front of him in a safe way? Yeah, I'd also say why you know why you're getting into tackling. I'm sure there's lots of different answers, but you just be careful that maybe the one who like can't wait for contact is the bigger child anyway. Yes. So it, it means they can actually use their physical presence and and strength and height at that time to get them over the gain line to get their dominance in that game. Whereas before it was as as important. Um, I'm not saying that's the only reason. I got some Fletch words, so. Uh, you got to say the first word that comes to your mind when I say these words. Okay. Uh, Walton. Speed. Oof, strong. Performance. For everybody. Development. Growth. Environment. Welcoming. Uh, England rugby. I'm smiling, so I'm going to smile. There, you smile. Well, you did smile. That was good. Mm. Uh, and it's a really, really meant smile. Actually, it's given me lots of lovely, lovely friendships. Uh, I, you know, it's nothing to do with what happens on the pitch. I've met some lovely. Well, I'm talking to them now. Lovely friendships. There you go. So I'm smiling. New Zealand, 2000. And what year was it? We were in New Zealand. Well, I was in there 2001, 2004, three years. So New Zealand, I would say um, adventure. Cheats. <laughs> There's two words. First one's big, second one's ears, as my nieces always <laughs> tell me. <laughs> so you can't separate them. <laughs> uh, UK sport. Um... Sport. Uh, uh, blimey, um, I hadn't expected that one. Uh, I'm going to think of UK sport, the organisation UK sport, the state of sport in the UK. So I'd say um, successful. They go successful. Uh, Magic Academy. Mavericks. <laughs> I love that. Uh, parents yeah. in sport. 
um, partnerships. Nice. Winning. Winning. Um, me this sounds very deep because I think I know where that's coming from. Winning, I would say. Um, winning. Uh, I can have this boring dialogue, but I think winning is important to feel what winning is like, feeling what success is like, but not at the cost of development. So I'd say um, for um, everyone, everyone, everyone. Uh, mental health. Mental health. I would say empathy. Winchester. Um, Winchester. Because you are Lord Mayor of Winchester. I am Lord Mayor of Winchester, yes. I am. I can drive my sheep through the city streets, but they have changed recently. I can ride my bike through the city streets, unimpeded by angry motorists. That's what I can do. Okay. Winchester, um, I was so happy. It's given me a lot of happy times. It's, it's who I am now, where I come from. Yeah, happy. There you go. Uh, Brexit. This is Fletch. <laughs> well there's two words second one's up <laughs> um oh brexit um oh i'd uh, i kind of say if i said boring it means i'm trying to put my head in the sand but i would say um brexit oh god i'm fletch i don't think i've ever hated you <laughs> it's not possible to hate you but i, I might say um divisive there you go yeah, divide dividing dividing i think it divides people who weren't divided before yeah. dividing there you go yeah they weren't divided uh, before i think you're right um your best coaching team so you can pick five you can allocate them roles and responsibilities if you want who would be on your team and why okay um I'd have Damon McGrath, who's currently over in Canada with the Sevens. Damo! Yeah, Damo, because he is all about games. He, I've never known anybody come up with some games like he did. He, like, so really. In Canada, he put out this, he said, look, here's a, here's a setup for a game. Go and come up with a game. And, 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 and people were just, it was class. It was so good. Um, yeah. And I also love the fact that he's the Canadian National Sevens coach. And he's at conferences. He's just hanging out with people. He's he's a man of the people. Um, uh, yeah, Demo, well done. What what would you give him? What's Demo's role? Is he head of games? Is he? He'd be head of games. Yeah, I mean, um, head of games. Yeah, it, it, Demo, every rugby club in the country. Say again. He should be a head of games in every rugby club. That actually, it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the play, play officer. There you go. Yeah. And they could go on a course that I'd run and it'd be in like a uh, trampoline centre or something like that. Or wow. like Session one, hide and seek, game two. Lord Mayor of Play. Lord Mayor of Play. Lord Mayor of Play, that'd be a great title. So Damon, head of games, head of stashed, because he, he always managed to get, you know, he was always he stashed out. He stashed out, yeah. Yeah, well, look at him. Uh, I'd have Fletch, because Fletch um, always said to me, you know, be 10 out of 10 every day. And that's been a wonderful thing. You know, sometimes I'm eight, but I just, he, he was, he was welcoming. So I'd have him, I'd have Nicole because. Uh, you take Nicole wherever you go. Yeah, I do. Oh, and you've told me that. Nicole, where is she? Where is, where she? is she? Now? She's probably inspiring in a primary school teaching futsal. Uh, I've never known Nicole sad, unhappy, 
grumpy, miserable, flat. That girl has got it all. I mean, she could teach kids. What's her job? What's her job title in your in your organisation? Um, head of fun. Head of no, head of head of. Um, uh, I don't like head because we we're not a hierarchy. She's just she'd be the she'd be fun, just fun. That's a role. It's fun energy. There you go. So that's three. So Damo, Fletch, Nicole. Um, I would also have um, blimey. Some of the best coaches I've seen. Uh, oh, uh, Quinton Shillingford, who runs the uh, Hartports of Boxing um, down, obviously, in Portsmouth. Uh, man, that guy is I, I, he's the best coach I've ever seen. There you go. Me? Q Shillington, yeah. He's Q, also uh, got, like, a really good uh, Scrabble name with a Q in it. Yeah, I think that... Uh, I think he... Um, must have changed his name because he found that he's got an MBE, see, so um we we hang out in special uh, groups. You, you knew someone with an MBE. And we wear our medals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what's Quentin? What I mean, why is he so good? What have you noticed? Um because he can reach all the groups, the individuals you think are unreachable. He has a real authentic presence that says, come on, you know, and he, and he doesn't mind questioning people. He just doesn't mind kind of, you know, whereas you might step back, you go, come on. Uh, and he, and he got, he's got people to, he just fight, you know, what a great, yeah, watch him, Q Shillingford, um, lovely boxing coach like Mr. Energy. So it's four. And then I've got two spots left over. Um, and obviously, you know, it's like, Wilco and Waltz, uh, sorry, Wilco and Waltz and yourself. It's different. I don't, want to, place, I don't want to place on the team. Why would you? Why would you pick Wilco? Why would you pick Waltz? Um, I pick Waltz because the town's rubbish. Um, I pick Waltz more for not what he does for me, but for what he, him and Fletcher, and actually all of those people for how they are with people. Yeah, he might cheat at running. I can forgive him that. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst ever at um what's the game called where you have to like explain stuff and people have to guess what it is oh is it boulder dash stuff like that oh he's so bad is he oh he's terrible he's the most obscure connections that's funny you say because i went i did this thing with uh, i was getting a communication session with um um some students and this is where i learned from students physio students i had to play the game you got a word you can't use You've got to describe the word, but you can't say it, okay? So, anyway, it's great hilarity. And I said, what are you laughing about? And this, this, this girl said, um, I can't remember the student's name. He just said poo, and I got it. I said, what was the word? And it was stool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But she got it. So I, was, I said, it was great coaching. You know, he got the message across, you know, so maybe Waltz needs to come along to one of those games. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so. I just think that no one does people like they do people. So, yeah, definitely. Well, so uh, what I'd do is I'd, uh, I'd have Waltz and Wilco in some kind of rolling subs role. Yeah, because they probably both struggle to play a full game. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you get Wilco on, he'd bring energy, he'd carry, you know, he'd carry everyone through in about 50, 58 minutes and then yeah. you'd bring on Peter Walton, he's got his knees strapped up, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a tight top on and he's coming on just to, to wreak havoc. 
Hey, no, Waltz is a finisher. He's a finisher, sorry. He's not a replacement or a substitute. He's a finisher. There you go. So you found a place for everybody. Brilliant. Yeah, I'd say you put those people in a room, you walk out, you would you would smile from ear to ear. Uh, be... So we do the top four things that we've that we've seen recently. So we give people some some good ideas for stuff. We yeah, do okay. Do you want to go first or second? Um, I have to go first while this one's in my head. So I did a so a little story I mentioned uh, at the conference um, at Stanford. Um, we got this dog, Greyhound. My daughter wanted to get McDonald's, so I went, took it to McDonald's. She's only eight. Um, she said, I said, the dog can't go into McDonald's. So, dilemma, not really a dilemma. I stood outside, I gave her my bank card, and I watched her go in, and she walked in, and she put the information in, what she wanted, two hash browns and a medium Fanta. She tapped the card by the payment. She looked at me, put a thumbs up, waited in the queue, came down, said number 34, went back in the queue and came out. And I thought there is a confident child there who's happy to go and do what's important to her, knowing that if there's a problem, I'm there. And I thought about coaching. So coaching for me is a process of letting go, giving people skills that they are less dependent upon you. You know? Uh, so there you go. That's my lesson. I thought you were say coaching is about eating McDonald's. Um, <laughs> oh, there are other fast, there are other fast food restaurants as well. Just, just, yeah, other available. Yeah. Uh, just met my wife Amy. She always gets an old book called Amy, and they had a flood in the school today. So oh. they had a flood, and it was carnage. However, the teacher said it was the best lesson they've ever done because the kids came in, saw the flood. They then had to go and write a um, write a newspaper article about the flood. So all the teachers said, we just got rid of our plans and we just got in the moment. And it was something the kids could connect with. I was like, they need more floods. <laughs> <laughs> Improvisation. So we just do one each. Just do one each. Um, mate, uh, you've probably got to finish with a joke. Uh, that's your rules. Uh, you can't tell the snail one because that's mine. So your best, your best joke, your best joke. Oh, my best joke. Well, it's a snail joke, but um, I'm feel a bit of pressure about this. And you didn't really like the one about the um, bubble wrap, did you? I didn't no. do it down very well. So um, I suppose, you know, one of the things I'm really grateful for when you mentioned Winchester is that, you know, it changed my career quite a lot. Um, you know, I'd just been made redundant from a, uh, a shoe recycling company, which I had found, to be fair, quite soul-destroying. Um, wow. That's not very good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good, that's good from you. Uh, sorry. You can use that. I'll let you have the snail one. You can have it back. I love the snail one. Everybody, everybody loves the snail one. They love yeah. the snail one. They love the fact that I dated this girl for three for, for you know for three weeks and uh, I told my dad. And he goes, "Where? You know, so you're getting all right, Rich? How, you know, how's it going?" I said, "Well, you know, she she works the zoo." And he said, "Do you know after three dates and taking out to a restaurant, I reckon she's a keeper." sympathy and your one come on tell me your one no well I'm going to tell you the German story again so I just went to Germany and I showed Ed Hall's thing around coaching behaviours and one of the coaches said uh, I said look what have you guys noticed what are you curious about and a guy says to me um, I noticed there's a box for humour what percentage of a session should be humour <laughs> um, uh, and I said 22% at which point he he started to write it down, and I had to explain to him that that was apparently humour. Uh, 
So I do think it's a you know a big part of your coaching is definitely hopefully a big part of mine as well. Uh, maybe twenty three percent. Yeah, twenty three percent. Sometimes you need to up it to about thirty. So uh, <laughs> Maidenhead when it was snowing, raining ish, cold, those rugby nights you dread when you're kind of two thirds away through the season and uh, numbers you know sometimes will make that okay. Well, you know I'll, I'll miss out tonight. Um, I think we stretched that to 45%. And then we got to sock wrestling and then boom, you know, the future coaching. So he said to I actually looked at the video, but I didn't watch the video. I just listened. So just to hear grown adult men basically goofing around like kids. Yeah. Interestingly, one of the things we've been doing with with a hockey project at the moment, last thing, is um, so it's to try and engage kids in uh, an extra X number of kids in in, in hockey uh, from non-hockey environments, and part of the, the 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 program is the first however many minutes the parents get to come on the pitch and goof around with the kids, and it has gone down an absolute storm because and actually what it's also led to is parents joining hockey clubs. Wow. Going, you know, so that it's rare that you, you know, that lots of people, because they're so busy, don't have time to goof around with the kids. The kids really value it. It's, it's younger kids. Clearly, my son's 13, and it would be his worst nightmare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not cool. I'm not cool. I'm definitely not cool. So, mate, look, I really appreciate your time. It's oh, listen, a- it's delightful. Um, I'm only sorry. Been doing this? Say again? How many planes have crashed while we've been doing this? Well, it's all very, it's quiet at the moment. It's off season in Winchester. People are coming this tourist season. The Cessna is a private jet for, for the mayoress of Winchester. And the Sopwith Camel um, is only landed because the guy who met the Sopwith Camel doesn't live very far from here. Doesn't he? No, I cycle past his house, got into a swimming pool. He's no. not alive, he's not, not alive now, you know. Um, but uh, it's been a privilege. You know, I, um, you, how much percentage fund did you have in the last hour? Uh, 12%. 12%? That's high. Yeah. It's high. Is it high? How much humour? Oh, is, I'd probably... This is elite performance. It's got to be low, hasn't it? Oh, sorry about it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, think about play poverty. Don't let it happen. Fight play poverty. And also, like you said from Tuesday night, the observations, you know, we don't ask to drink alcohol to have a good time. Exactly. Peace out. Peace out. Cheers, Speak dude. to you soon. Love to everybody. Bye-bye.